Hey guys, welcome back to In This Together podcast. It's MM, and I have a story to share for y'all today. And it's one of those stories that I do not take lightly. It's the story that is my life that I cannot believe is my life because I cannot believe all that the Lord has done and how he has changed my heart and just where he has brought me from. And I think a lot of people see me maybe on social media or maybe you're just your first time listening to the podcast and you don't know how you got here or maybe through my business or whatever it is. And they think that I have just walked this perfect road with the Lord and that I have never really gone against him and lived a sinful life. And I am here to tell you that that is the furthest thing from the truth. And he is the reason why I am here today, um, truly. And the reason why um, just everything good that you see that can possibly come from this podcast, that can possibly come from my life, you see it because of God. And I don't say that lightly. I say that with a true, true heart. Um, and I am really excited um, to share this story because it's one that I've been wanting to share for a long time. But honestly, it's just been so um, hard to get myself to, I'm really great at sharing, you know, my story of how the Lord really saved me and with people whenever I meet them in person. But for some reason, just doing it on a podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, then anyone can really listen to it. And it's like permanently out there and whatnot. But whenever I first started this in this together podcast, that was my heart for it, that people would get on and that they would share their real stories of their real life and a very real God that changes everything. And so here is the story of how God changed everything in mine. And you'll notice in this, and whenever we are kind of, we're going to be sharing some testimonies of different things. Um, some might be kind of a little interesting of a wild ride like mine. <laughs> some might be a little bit different about how people came to, you know, the Lord gave them businesses or the Lord um, just put ideas in their heart and they chased it or whatever story it is, our story of relationships. I'm really excited for that one. Um, but all of that and what really all of these different testimonies are in a sense and not everything, what these testimonies are in a sense is these testimonies don't bring glory to us. I mean, even the testimony in my business, which is a beautiful thing, it doesn't give bring glory to me. The purpose of a testimony, the purpose of sharing these stories is that it would give glory to the Lord. And so I am so excited to do that today because he deserves all the glory for everything good in my life, for everything, all the breath in my lungs and everything. And you'll see kind of more of why I say that in a little bit. And But anyways, I'm going to kind of get into it. So I have grown up knowing God my whole life, pretty much. I always knew my family. We weren't super, you know, in our faith when I was little. Um, my parents actually got divorced when I was in kindergarten and then growing up, I spent some time at my mom, some time at my dad's, and then some time at my grandmother's. And um, I would say that the only real church we ever went to was on Wednesday um, after school. There was an after school program that was like a church um, thing. And so I would go every Wednesday after school from like fifth grade, or not fifth grade, from like probably like six years old 
um, up until I would say middle school, high school, but they were at different churches as I got to middle school and high school, if that makes sense. But I pretty much never went to church on Sundays, if I'm being really honest. Our family just wasn't really that family. Like we knew God, um, but I wouldn't say that we were like super, you know, following the Lord. Um, like we prayed to him and different things, but um, I wasn't like, we weren't going to church every Sunday. We weren't serving. We weren't, you know, really following um, God in that aspect of, um, but we knew who he was. So I've always known who God was in my life. And my grandmother, I have to say, just really, really knew who God was and really, really, really wanted me to follow him. And so she was somebody who I went to with a lot of questions about God. And I mean, I loved going to Wednesday school. I loved going to the church and all the different things, but it was kind of just more for fun, you know. Um, it wasn't until really middle school that I really started to really understand who God was, and I started to kind of go to the, it was called Motion, um, shout out to Motion, in Destin, Florida, and I would go to Motion, and the pastor, pastor there actually is the pastor that married Chance and I, which is really cool, and I would see Pastor Jordan, and I would go to church there, and I just listened to messages, and I knew that the Lord really wanted my heart. Like, I could feel him stirring, but I was just so young, and then in high school, I really, really loved God. Um, I went to, I got discipled by this sweet lady named Michelle, and I really knew God, and um, or I thought I did, and I was really wanting to follow him, but high school is the time, you know, when you are old enough to drive, you're not old enough to drink, but you do it anyways, because if it starts to become a little bit more accessible, um, it's the age that you get boyfriends, you start to kiss, you start to maybe do some other things, and so I was knew I loved the Lord, um, and I didn't have really an older sister or anyone who I actually looked up to, really, that could, that I felt comfortable, like, going to have questions and going to talk to them about, so, like, I never went to my grandmother with questions about drinking or whatnot, because I don't want to tell my grandmother, you know, like, or my mom, or, and I love them so much, um, but you know what I mean. I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all feel that same way. You're like, you know, I want to ask, but I also don't really know if I want to ask, um, and so I kind of just didn't really know anyone to really talk to. I didn't really have a role model. I mean, truly. I mean, I can't even think of really one person that I felt comfortable with talking about anything like that, and I didn't have anybody who was older than me that I really you know, saw living a life different and saw living a life for the Lord. So I was kind of just in this like inward battle of just really trying to figure out who God was. I knew who he was, I felt like, but should I follow him like all the way, you know, should I not drink if all my friends are drinking or I kind of don't want to be left out. So I would say, honestly, in high school, I kind of just started getting a little rowdy. Um, I just kind of started, um, I was dating guy at the time and, um, he knew God, but didn't really follow God. And so I kind of just let a lot of the things that he, um, would do like kind of just be the things that I would do too. So if everyone went drinking, I went drinking and, um, it's not like I ever drank really with the intention of like, I want to get drunk or anything. I was just drinking because that's what everybody else was doing. Yes. in I mean, in high school, I was not 21 years old, um, which is not great, um, for a lot of different reasons. So if you're a cop listening to this, you know, I don't, there's no evidence. Don't worry. But anyways, um, so I would be drinking and then eventually, I dated that guy for a long time and I knew that I wanted to save myself from marriage. Like I knew that was the right thing. Like I knew it in my heart. Like I knew that's what the Lord's word said, but I had no one to talk about anything with. And it's not, it's not, it's not their fault. It's not God's fault. It's truly my own fault. And I just didn't talk to anyone about the feelings that I was feeling towards my boyfriend 
or just any of that thing. So I ended up um, being with him and sleeping with him. And I remember like right afterwards, I was just like, what did I just do? But I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so I just, and didn't, and I didn't want to go find anyone to talk to. I think there's the key right there. And so I just kind of, you know, started to shrink away. That's kind of, I feel like what we do is we make mistakes. We do things that we know are wrong. And then we just kind of want to shrink away from God. And one summer kind of happened where uh, I had some family stuff go on and I'm not going to get into details with that, but it really, really, really made me start praying to God and made me start really looking at him. It's funny how trials do that sometimes. Um, really made me want to follow God so bad and I just needed him. Like I was just really struggling with my family, um, some things that were happening and I just really, really wanted God and I knew that he was the healer and I knew that he could do incredible things. So I was just like, you know what? That's what I need to do. You know, I just need um, to follow him. I just need to try. So that's when around the time where I started to get discipled um, in high school. And then I joined FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I tried to, you know, I loved doing the Bible studies. Um, I loved going to Bible study, but but I was just living this half in, half out kind of lifestyle. You know, I was just trying to figure out kind of what I wanted to follow from the Lord, how to follow the Lord, if I should follow the Lord, but then also I wanted to look cool to my friends. I feel like a lot of us are there at some point or another in our lives. And so I just was kind of honestly lost. And um, don't get me wrong. I mean, during this, I definitely loved God and was trying to pursue God. You know, like I would write things, I would read my Bible, but I just wasn't all in for him. You know, I was still making mistakes. I was still being tempted and giving into that te- those temptations of drinking in college, being with my boyfriend. You know, this crazy thing happens where you get out of high school and you go into college. And that is where college is a testing environment. It is. It is where you are for the first time by yourself. You have no rules, so to speak. You know, I mean, there's like the laws, but, you know, in a college campus, sometimes you feel like those don't apply to you. And so I went to college, probably the worst thing that I could probably go to college as. I went to college not confident, not confident in the Lord, not confident in the plans he had for me, not confident in who he was. And let me tell you something, when you're not confident in those things, it can be one of the most debilitating things because you're trying to look for confidence everywhere else. And let me tell you, the world cannot give you the kind of confidence that you need to flourish. That is just a fact. And so Anyways, that's actually kind of before I even tell the rest of it. This is why I created Life Retreat because I went into college so messed up and so not confident and so unsure of who God was and what I wanted to pursue in college that I screwed up a lot in college. And I really did some things that put myself in really bad positions because I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying to look for confidence everywhere else other than the Lord. And that's why we created Life Retreat, actually. Um, The first year, we did only upcoming college freshmen, and we just focused on that. And the reason we did that is because I wish I had somebody who I could have looked up to or who I could have even asked questions and just been like, what is it going to look like? How in the world do I do this? I'm scared. I don't know if I even really believe in God, that he could do this, this, or that. Like, what do I do? And that was really what our heart was was for Life Retreat, is that people would come and that they would learn how to live in freedom in college and not looking and searching in college for this confidence the world is trying to offer that is not anywhere 
it, that is not freeing. And so anyways, I go into college and I just make a fool out of myself, y'all, let me tell you. I mean, and it was the same thing. I mean, same thing as high school. I mean, if you met me in college at my freshman year, like if I was still known probably by my sorority as, you know, like loving God and having my faith, but then I was also the one who was on a Friday night going out, have on a Monday night going out, on a Tuesday night going out, on a Wednesday night going out, on Thursday night going out, and then on Sunday going to church. So if that doesn't just paint you a picture, um, it was kind of like one of those things where people like, I knew I loved the Lord. It's just same old thing. I was half in, I was half out. And I, let me tell you, that is the most exhausting, exhausting place to live. I remember, like, I remember I actually ran Bible studies for um, our sorority. And I was just, I remember I would write these Bible studies and I believed it so much. And then I just struggled so bad whenever um, it came to a Monday night going out and different things. And I want to say this, just because you sin doesn't mean you don't love the Lord. And it definitely does keep you out of the will that he has for you. And for me, that's what was happening. You're out of the, you're not being obedient to God. You're not listening to him and you're kind of just going on your own path. And I mean, that's where I was. So my freshman year, I was full, filled with partying and I was still dating that guy. So being with him and partying and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had never really partied in college or in high school like I did in college. I mean, I went to Florida State University all. So that is a pretty wild school, one of the most wild schools that you can get. And I remember actually going into, just to show you like my heart, I was going into Florida State and I was scared about the partying atmosphere because I did not want to fall into that. But then I got there and I did. And so I, and that's nobody's fault, but my own. I mean, I even had a great church. Like the Lord was opening doors there, y'all. Like I even had a great church that my pastor from middle school that I was telling y'all about, Pastor Jordan, he was opening a church in Tallahassee while I was going to be a freshman. I literally left my last day at church whenever I was at home and I was on a Sunday and I was crying. I was like, man, I'm really going to miss, you know, my family, whatnot. I'm, I'm going to Tallahassee. I think it was today, the day of. And then I see Pastor Jordan. I'm like, what are you doing here? You're not usually at this campus. And he's like, you know, Maya, I'm actually going to move to Tallahassee. And I was like, what? And he's like, I'm planting a church there. And I'm like, what? I just start bawling. I'm like, you have, what? You're, you're starting a church there? I mean, it was like a prayer answered for me that I had been praying that I would find a church in Tallahassee. And so I say all that because just because I was in sin and just because you may be in sin right now, doesn't mean that the Lord, that the Lord is not chasing you, that the Lord is not trying to call you out, that the Lord, he very much so is. He's trying to make opportunities and different things. And I saw those opportunities, but this is what happened. I half went, I half got into those opportunities. So we're in the process of my freshman year. I'm partying, I'm drinking. I'm also trying to help them launch a church, you know, on Sundays, like I'll be there early to greet people. I was just living this exhausting, exhausting life. And I get done my freshman year of college and yeah, I had ran some Bible studies and I had showed people some people the Lord, but at the end of the day, my heart was not truly fully following God. I got home and I realized just how much I had kind of lost myself in college. I realized that that was not who God called me to be. And I really liked the version of myself that I was at home. You know, I was reading a lot more. I was enjoying my time with my family. I was going to the beach. I was, you know, just, I felt a lot more Maya whenever I was home. I was away from all that kind of stuff. And so then for that summer, I, and so yeah, that summer, I really just tried to, you know, enjoy the things that 
were not in college. And it was fun. I mean, not to say that I didn't probably drink that summer. I don't even remember. Um, but I know that I was just really starting to realize like, oh gosh, I feel so much more Maya. This feels so much better. And I remember right before college, I was getting kind of scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like I really don't want to go back. I know it's just going to be so hard again and whatnot. And so I'm about to go into my sophomore year and I just feel I had kind of kept having this conversation with my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, I know that you are an incredible guy, but we both just don't see eye to eye on this whole faith thing, you know, like you believe God, but you don't really want to follow him. And so because of that, I feel like I'm kind of going down the same path and I don't really want to go down this path. And he's like, you know, no, 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 like I'll change. And he was an incredible guy and he is an incredible guy. And he I was like, no, 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 I'll change. And then we kept on having the same conversation. You know, when you keep on having the same conversation with somebody, especially a boyfriend over and over and over again, it's probably a little bit of a sign. Um, and so I kept having this conversation. I had it. We had dated for three and a half years at this point. And I had had it pretty much at least once a, once in the first year, about a few times in the second year, and about a, five times in the third year. And all my friends could see it too. Like they could see And I think this is something that was so interesting. Even my friends that weren't Christian at the time, they could see me kind of battling with this like, do I go in full with my faith or do I really follow the Lord? They could see this kind of like discrepancy in my life. Like they, they might not have understood it, but I think anyone that probably knows me or knew me at that time could probably see this little divide. And so anyways, I end up going into my sophomore year, still partying, making mistakes. Um, but I'm really starting to like remember the summer and I'm really starting to remember, you know, this just doesn't feel Maya, you know, like, oh, golly, this just doesn't feel Maya. I'm not really happy with all this, you know? And so I, it's the craziest thing for about the, for about a few, for about a whole month, I was so excited for the 21st night of September, y'all. I was literally like, I was telling all my friends, I was like, I'm going to dance so hard to the 21st night of September. I'm going to go, like, I am going to be dancing. Like, I don't even care if I drink. Like, I just want to go dancing. I just want us all to put the music on and just blast the 21st night of September. Y'all know that song. Do you remember the 21st night of September? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't have to sing it. That was bad anyways. Anyway, um, so I'm so excited for that song. I can't wait to listen. I can't wait for the 21st night of September. And in this process, I'm just kind of going through, you know, I'm really starting to realize, ah, oh, this isn't really what I want to do of with my life. You know, I don't really want to party and drink. I'm just kind of bored. I'm kind of tired. Honestly, guys, I was just exhausted. Like I was so exhausted from all the drinking, from all the partying, from all the going out, from all of this for trying to look this way and all this different stuff. I was just like exhausted. And I was kept thinking back to the summer when I didn't feel like that. And I was like, this must be kind of why. So anyways, um, it's the 21st night of September. All this is kind of going through my head. I'm so excited for the 21st night of September. I go over to my boyfriend's house at the time and we're sitting on the bed and just have this thought. It's like literally just this, we had kind of been fighting a little bit. And obviously since I kept on trying to figure out why he didn't want to follow his faithful and, you know, we had had those conversations and we kept, we're kind of arguing a lot. And I am just like, you know, I don't know if this is ever really going to work. I don't, out of nowhere, like we were just sitting, having fun, getting ready to go hang out for the 21st night of September with all our friends. And I'm like, you know, I just don't know if this is going to go anywhere. Like, I just feel like we have two different hearts and two different heart paths. And he was like, I couldn't agree more. And I was like, literally like taken back. I was like, what? Like, (laughs) what did you just say? 
Um, anyways, and he was like, I couldn't agree more. And I don't think that I can give you what you want. I actually don't think I can give you um, what you desire. You've had this conversation so many times I've tried, but I just don't think that that is something that I can give to you. And so I was like, yeah, you're right. And I really think the same thing. And it was the craziest thing that I was so excited for 21st of September. And that was the conversation we had. And then I went back to my room in the sorority house, bawling my eyes out because I had just broken up with my boyfriend for three and a half, three and a half years. And I would love to say what followed was like all this clarity from God and all of this amazing. I just knew that I had made the right decision. And it was like, I knew, oh my gosh. And I felt just so Maya again, and I felt free, but honestly, the opposite happens. And what had happened was I was so attached to him and we had had sex before marriage and I had given him all of me, all of my heart. So whenever we broke up, y'all, it's exactly what the Lord intended not for us. It was the most brutal heartbreak. It My heart felt like it shattered in a bajillion pieces. And I say this right now. And for some reason, I just feel like I have somebody on the other end listening to this that feels the same way. And I felt like my heart went into a bajillion pieces. I felt even more lost. And I knew what I had done was kind of right, but then I was questioning it. Y'all, I was so lost for the next few months. I was so lost. I was so, and and during this time, I basically was having these horrible, horrible migraines that mimic the symptoms of a stroke. So for those of you that don't know, I don't drink any caffeine or anything of that sorts. And um, like no caffeine, I can't have any estrogen. I can't have um, just things that make, that affect the blood vessels in my head a lot. Because during this time, I started having these, like while I was so depressed from the breakup, I started having these absolutely horrible, horrible migraines. I would, they that mimic the symptoms of a stroke. Like people, I really thought I was having a stroke. People thought I was having a stroke. We didn't know where to take me to the hospital. The whole left side of my body would go numb. I literally couldn't even move. I would throw up on myself because if I could not move, I couldn't talk. I couldn't type. If I somebody asked me something, I couldn't type. It was the craziest thing. And so I'm super depressed. And then I start going through like this, all these health issues. And I mean, it was horrible. I would be down for literally like three days whenever they happened. And so then I'm just depressed and having all that happen. And I am just like, really like when the, I'm like, wow, like when I feel like my world is truly ending. I couldn't go to class. Um, they started putting me on all the neurologist did scans or whatever. And they started putting me on all these um, medications that made my blood, that made my heart rate go down so low to control my blood vessels in my head. And I was literally walking to class and my heart rate would be like 35. Like it was crazy. I had no energy. They said to expect that with the medicine I was taking. And so for about, I would say a good two months, I was just out. Like I was in so, so much pain. Um, my heart, my head, um, just really all me spiritually. I was a mess. Cause I was like, God, then I was dealing with all the guilt um, and the shame of, you know, being with, um, him before marriage. And I knew that the Lord's word did not instructed me not to do that, but I did it. And I truly felt what God was trying to keep me from. And it was this thing of that. He wasn't my husband and he very well, and I treated him like he was. And because of it, my heart was so much more broken than it needed to be because of the decisions I made. And oh my gosh, is my heart broken. And 
um, I just was going through the guilt and then I was like, I can't go to anyone in the church to talk about this because I don't even know what they're going to say. They're going to shun me. Like, I was like, oh gosh, like I, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so embarrassed, you know? Oh gosh. And especially because I was living this half in half out. So truly a lot of people didn't know this whole side of me. Like some people did, like, you know, my college friends did, but the people at the church didn't know if you know what I mean. Like, so I was like, they're really going to be shocked, even though they probably knew all along. Um, and I was just, that's what the enemy does. He just wants you to hide. He does not want you to just have any truth and any freedom poured into you or any truth or any freedom shown to you. He just wants you to hide into that shame. And that is what I was doing. And so then actually miracle. I asked my doctor, my neurologist, cause he's about to put me on all these different medicines. I was like, is there anything else you could do for my head besides putting me on all these medicines? Because man, do they make me feel horrible? And he was like, yes, you can cut out caffeine, estrogen, blah, 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 all these things from your diet and from, you know, medicines that you take. And so I stopped taking them and I have not had a migraine like that since, um, which is a huge praise. I know that's very interesting because some people do use migraines or put caffeine for migraines. A lot of people, that's what's in Excedrin. But I, for me, it was actually worse for the kind of migraines that I had because mine mimics the symptoms of a stroke and had to do with the blood vessels in my head. So anyways, crazy, crazy thing. And hopefully that will just help some person, somebody in general. But anyway, so I, I cut that out, have not had one since. And I was to the point where I was okay physically, but emotionally and spiritually, I was an absolute wreck. I did not want to get out of bed. My roommates literally had to get me out of bed sometimes. I'm so thankful for them truly um because i didn't want to go to class i was so sad um i just was so just disappointed in myself and just had no idea where to go um i had no idea what to do during this time i'm still leading bible studies y'all too um and so that just shows that just because somebody is doing that doesn't mean that um they are spiritually okay and that they are really walking with the lord um and so i just kind of wanted to point that out there too but Anyways, I was just really struggling. I ended up going out one night and it was one of my best friend's birthdays and I went out and I had way too much to drink um, courtesy of an older man that was buying me a lot of drinks. And I mean a lot older man. And this is where the story kind of takes um, a hard turn. I He had got me a lot of drinks and it was just like any other night. And I ended up going home with him. And I had never done this, even though I was sad um, throughout my whole relationship or throughout my whole breakup. I had never gone home with a guy ever that I didn't know. Um, my ex-boyfriend was the only person I was with. And I ended up drinking so much. I don't have any recollection of any of it. And I go home with this guy who drove me home drunk 30 minutes away in a suburb. And I woke up the next morning having no idea where I was, having no idea who I was with. And I bet you can imagine, and you probably even feel it in my voice, I literally felt like I was burning from the inside out of just what in the world did I just do? I wasn't even thinking about God at this point. I was just thinking, what in the world did I just do? And nothing had happened between us sexually, I guess is what he said. I had to call myself an Uber 30 minutes away, called my friends, nobody could pick me up and got home to the sorority house, an absolute wreck, bawling my eyes out, bawling my eyes out, could not believe what had happened. And then I figure out he drove me home drunk and I was just absolutely torn up to pieces. Like truly, 
And I got home and since I called my friends, they were all sitting in my room and they were all trying to console me and trying to help me and be good friends. And one of them in trying to be a good friend, which um, is something that we hear a lot, she is still such a great friend, but she said this and she said, you know, Maya, it's okay. Like this happens to everyone. And in that moment, I couldn't even think before I spoke. And I said, if this is everyone, I do not want to be everyone. I do not want what everyone has because being everyone sucks. And from there, my friends try to console me. I was unconsolable probably um, and just crying and bawling. And they ended up all um, having something that they needed to go out for um, like a birthday or something. And I was like, I'm not leaving this room. And so I kind of just needed myself, my time by myself because I lived in a room with two people. So they left. All my other friends left. And I was sitting at home. Um, and I just sat there and cried pretty much all day long. Um, didn't talk to anyone. And so something I've got to tell y'all is that before I had this ex-boyfriend that I was just mentioning for three and a half years, I had another ex-boyfriend before that in middle school for three years. And he had moved to Louisiana and we had broken up whenever he went to Louisiana. And so my friend, I'm bawling my eyes out that night and I get a call from one of my friends from high school, middle school, my best friends. And he is, and I'm like, oh, you know what? This could be good. Maybe he could kind of, you know, point me in the direction of where like I should be going. Cause I know he knows God and you know, I'm, I'm a mess right now. And he knows the old Maya, you know? So he knows like my heart, he knows that I am not this person. And he knows that I want to be something different than this. And so I answered the phone and I got completely just um, a shocking thing of news. And he calls me and he's bawling his eyes out. And I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And he's like, it's your ex-boyfriend. I'm going to call him TJ. It's your ex-boyfriend TJ. He's been in an accident and he's just bawling. And I'm like, what? Because at this point, I'm just... I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, what kind of accident? What's going on? And he's like, he tells me that this, he was in a drinking accident. And I just lost it because I had just that night before as well, gone home with a drunk driver and I shouldn't have survived. I, that could have been me. That in a lot of ways should have been me. And for some crazy reason, the Lord decided it wasn't. And then I had to hear that TJ was. And I just realized how destructive my patterns of life were. And I was so ready to give it up. And I was just so done with it for myself. And it's funny because I hadn't prayed yet really to God after my whole thing that happened the night before. Um, because I didn't want to pray and I was so guilty and so ashamed, but I knew that I needed to pray for him because I needed to pray that he would make it. And I was praying for him and that's when I started praying for myself and just like, God, thank you so much for saving me and for not having anything horrible happen to me. I'm done. I see, I saw so clearly I didn't just see all the brokenness that I had gone through, but I had seen so clearly how the Lord had saved me and my kind of my, my heart switched and I realized that instead of having the shame and guilt of going to the Lord that I needed to come to God and be, say, thank you for saving me. And TJ ended up living, um, the other, his brother in the accident actually did not end up 
surviving and it was so heartbreaking and um long live him and he is, was an incredible man and so anyways i um just started praying to god and i was like i'm done with this and and so from then on out that night forward i decided i didn't want what everyone had i didn't want and let me be very clear my life from the outside looked perfect i was uh chaplain of the sorority. I was in a sorority. I was doing great in school. I had a boyfriend at, before I had broke up with him. That was a nice guy. I had all the different things, but I was dying inside y'all. I was just trying so hard to be everything that the world wanted me to be, but I was not trying to be who God wanted me to be and who God called me to be. And that's his child and that's his daughter. And so I started to, it did not look perfect, but after that, I really decided to change my life. I really decided that I was going to try and do things differently. I did not want to party after that. And after that, it didn't look perfect. It wasn't like I just had that night and then like my whole life changed around. No, 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 no. I went on this. I started to walk with God though. I started to, you know, bring him into my life. I started to say, you know what? I'm not going to just bring you into my life, God. I'm actually going to start obeying you and following you. Like I don't want what everyone else has. I want what you have. I want to start following you. And so I started to, you know, just really try to follow God. I And I say that because of, I wasn't perfect at it. And it was hard. I mean, I had so many times, this is my sophomore year, um, where I messed up and I realized the next day, you know, okay, I need to not do this. And I just kind of, but I, but I really started to change my heart of where I was just like, you know, half in, half out. I really was wanting to be it all in. And let me tell you something, even when you're all in, you're still going to make mistakes, but you know what? You're all in, you're obeying the Lord and you're, the Lord is going to make your path straight. The Lord is going to show you your path. You got to keep walking with him and walking with him. You got to get rid of the temptations, all the different things. And so anyways, I go and that's kind of what I start doing for the next um, few months. I uh, spent a lot of time by myself. I spent a lot of time on the front porch of my sorority house. And so y'all are probably wondering how I got to where I am right now. And that's about to come. But basically, um, I had made it really kind of hard on myself by not going into anyone, but I was on a family vacation. I went to Dallas, Texas, and this is the part that I share a lot. So maybe you know this part. And I was like, you know what, Maya, I am going to do this. You know, I'm going, I, I want to follow you, Lord. I want to be with you. Like I want, um, what you have for my life. And, but I was like, you know, I'm going to be going back to college. Um, I'm on Thanksgiving break and I just really need, you know, to keep on. It's hard, but I know I want to do it. And so I am looking all throughout Dallas for something to wear that's like positive, that like helps remind me to know, you know, be good, you know, like to do good. That that helps remind me, you know, to like do good and to, you know, follow um, the good of the Lord and to follow the Lord and all these different things. And I'm looking and I'm like, you know, none of this stuff here is really my vibe, you know, none of it. Um, I love the Lord so much, but I wanted to wear something kind of like just like a reminder for me and I couldn't find anything. And so I started, I went home and we were all on a family vacation. We were all in a hotel and I turned on, I could not sleep. I went to the hotel and I could not sleep. And I turned on the little light 
in the hotel room. I'm literally sleeping next to my little sister in the same bed. And then I have um, my mom and my um, stepdad in the other bed. We're all together in this room in Texas. And I, I could not sleep. And about three o'clock in the morning, I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to listen to this. And I had these ideas for these hats of I started drawing all these design, these hat designs. Um, and I was like, you know, this would be so cool if I did a keep smiling, you know, like a, a smiley face. And I said, do good, see good, be good. And that smiley face, you know, and then it'd be so cool if my dad always says, he always says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It'd be so cool if I like made a TYJ hat because, you know, no one else knows that that's thank you, Jesus, but I do. And that can help me, you know, talk to people about God. And it can also help me remember to thank Jesus. Um, and I was kind of just going through, I had LTL, which was love this life. I had all these different drawings um, from um, this little hotel room and this ideas that God was starting to put on my heart. And I started to get really excited about it. And so I went back to college and I was like, okay, I'm going to make one of these. I'm going to start with the see good, do good, be good. And then I very quickly realized that that was really expensive to do all the writing around it. And so I ended up just finding a patch. Um, I got a patch off Amazon. I was like, okay, I could do that. And then I got a hat off Amazon. I could do that. And then I got an iron off Amazon. I could do this. And I ironed on a patch. And it was the Keep Smiling hat. First ever Keep Smiling hat. And I wore that thing, I think, till it probably broke. And my, that was my reminder, though, to keep smiling. I actually have this vivid picture in my head of when everyone was going out to go. They were all going out. It was like a Friday night. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to do um, something else. I'm going to like, you know, study or, you know, whatnot. Um, I don't need to be in that atmosphere right now. My heart is not bright to be in that spot. And I know it's not where the Lord wants me right now. And so I got on my friend's scooter and I put on my keep smiling hat. And I remember taking a picture of myself in that hat. And I was like, you know, I got this, like, let's keep smiling. Like, let's do this thing. Like, you know, even though you're alone, you're the only person, you know, that's not anywhere out on a Friday night, like you're just going to keep smiling. And I was, you know, finding reasons to actually smile about, and it was cool. And then Little by little, um, I started really, you know, opening up my life to the Lord, letting him change my paths. It was not perfect, y'all. Um, I ended up kind of having to remove myself from some friend groups. Um, and I had to, you know, really change some of my ways. And then I would find more ways that I needed to change, if you know what I mean. Um, I would say it really took a lot. It took a lot. Um whenever I was in college, it was so easy during the summers, y'all, <laughs> so easy. But during college, it's definitely difficult. And so I finally, um, y'all are really getting the whole version. I'm not shutting out on anything um, because I, I say all this, I say every single detail, the migraine, the going home with the guy, the all these different things, because it's all so important in seeing the beauty of what God can do in your story and the beauty of what God wants to do with your life. I don't know what part, if any of this, maybe you'll relate to. Um, and I don't know if any part of this, what it'll do for your heart. But all I know is that we are called to be together. We're called to Revelations 12, 11, that we are actually set free by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus and the word of our testimony, which is this right now. And so I don't want to skip any parts. And so if you need to pause this and come back, come on. Um, but anyway, so um, I started wearing the hat all around campus and people just started falling in love with it. Um, people started to, in my sorority, like, Hey, can I have one? No, can I have one? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? I'm like, Oh, I made it. Uh, do you want one? They're like, yeah. And I was a pre-med major. So I had no, no intentions of starting a business. So this was, um, just something for fun to say the least. And so I'm kind of having my fun 
whatnot. And I'm making hats and um, nobody really knows me. I don't share that with them, but I'm just kind of like, okay, like it's cool. Like people are liking this hat. It was just so sweet. And then people will be like, okay, um, my sorority house Tri Delta wants 30 hats. Can you drop them off here? And I'd be like, yeah, of course. And then 85 would be like, hey, we have 35 girls in our sorority that want one. Can you bring them here? And I was like, yeah. And so they started to just do so good. And I was like, what in the world? Um, so I just sat in my dorm room and I just made keep smiling, pat, keep smiling hats. Um, I just kept ordering more stuff, making more hats, no business, website, anything. And then I get to go back home for a little bit for December break, I think it was. And I'm talking to for Christmas break. And I'm talking to my old boss because I worked at a surf shop for four years, which can I just say for a second, I worked at a surf shop for four years with, I was going to school to be pre-med and it's so crazy how that job prepared me so much. I had that in high school and I had no, no idea that I would ever own a business and how much that prepared me for my job now. Wow. Absolutely wild. You, you'll get to these points sometimes in your life and you're like, gosh, that's why you did that. That's why you gave me that job. Anyway, so cool. But anyways, I go to that surf shop and I'm like, Hey, like Jim, um, I don't, know if you want these, but they are doing so well at Florida State. And I think that I would really love to like sell them in your store if you let me because he let me sell like bracelets and stuff in there before I guess I always had a little craft that I was working on. And um, he was like, Yeah, of course, drop off two dozen, whatever. And so I dropped them off and I posted on my story and I had like a 1000 followers at the time. And I um, posted on my story, hey, like, like bracelet or not bracelets. Hey, um, hats available here. Like if you want to come here. And then that's when people just went crazy. People were DMing me that I didn't know. People were like, Hey, can you buy me one? Or can you make me one and send me, send them to Arkansas? Hey, can you send this to California? Hey, can you send this to Florida? Hey, can I come pick these up from your house? And I'm like, what? Like what in the world? Um, I guess so. And so I just start selling cute smelling hats. Um, it was so fun. I had, um, there weren't a ton of them at the time and trucker hats are just kind of getting popular. So that's, that's Christmas break and I work and I'm trying to figure out orders. And then I go back to school. I start just shipping orders from our room, uh, no real plans of anything. And then the world shuts down for COVID. And so anyway, spring breaks during that time. And I did mess up during spring break. I did something I was not very proud of and drank too much. Um, because I was in the Bahamas where drinking was legal. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to have a few drinks. And I could not hold it. I could not handle it. I could not control the temptation. And so I say that because um, just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's um, that you should get drunk. So anyways, I made that mistake. And then the world shuts down right after spring break. And so I go home and I'm flying. I fly back to the United States, drive home, and I have nothing to do because the world shut down for COVID. And that's when God was like, you know, you should make a website, you know, you should kind of maybe share why you made these hats in the first place. You know, you should maybe share, um, what, like what this message is that it's not just a smiley face hat, that it's actually for people to keep smiling and to find joy in me and to follow me. And I was like, you know, you're right. And so during COVID, I really had that time to build a website. Um, and I only really built the website because, God had kind of showed me that idea. And because the orders were getting so out of hand on my Instagram and through text that I couldn't keep up with it and I needed to do a website. So I built my own website and thinking like two days um, and just had a little photo shoot and just really wanted to share the mission of keep smiling. And I was excited to really share what God had done in my life and um, what this hat had done for me. And then from there, MM Designs was born. And I would say really, I feel like COVID um, for me was a time where the Lord just really had me one-on-one. -on -one. 
and where I really got to strengthen my faith um, and the silence in the wilderness, so to speak. And so don't be discouraged by that silence or that wilderness, maybe if you feel that right now. And then I went back junior year and um, I, my life had changed. I mean, I think pretty much everyone could see it. I mean, I still was making some mistakes every once in a while, but I really was full whole in with the Lord and I was really obe- obeying him. Um, we had a shop actually, or not a shop. We had a warehouse then. Um, and then my senior year, I ended up getting a storefront and, um, and that's actually where the podcast was birthed because I went, um, I remember during the time that I was really struggling with all that I was trying to, you know, kind of come back to the Lord and I couldn't find a podcast. I couldn't find anyone who had kind of like, you know, done the whole college thing and really messed up and, you know, really was coming back to the Lord. I felt like I just didn't, couldn't relate to anyone's stories. And that's actually why, and it's actually when the, in this together podcast was birthed because I realized, I realized that whenever I was going through, like kind of really going all in for the Lord, even though I had made all the mistakes, I was like, I don't know kind of like anywhere to listen to. I don't know how to like where to talk about shame and guilt. I don't know how to, I don't even know anyone that's gone through a similar story as mine. And I don't know if they even got through it. And so that's why I made the this together podcast was to kind of start sharing, you know, about faith to start sharing, um, and really being, bringing our stories all together. You know, we have all these different stories and, um, it took me a while to really share my testimony. Um, and one story I kind of forgot to mention was, whenever I really started to follow the Lord all in, you know, and um, during, I think it was during COVID, I had this happen that really just changed my life and just really gave me a lot of peace and just is so cool. And it kind of brings everything together that I've kind of mentioned earlier is I was listening to the song Place of Freedom. And part of that song says, I've tasted and seen of the greatest of loves where my shame becomes free and my sin is undone. Your presence, Lord. And I was singing that song and I heard that and I was just like, that is me. I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. God brought me back from all that I had done, all that I had gone against him in college. And I just remember worshiping to that song and the Lord said to me, you are set free. Then I go to church that next Sunday with my dad and it's talking in Deuteronomy and it's talking about on the seventh year, that slaves were set free, that it was talking about the story of how on the seventh year, slaves were set free. Any of the things that they owed, any of the transgressions they had, um, they were set free from them. And seven is one of my favorite numbers. And the whole thing was about like this freedom after the seventh year. And what could happen is that they could choose to either be gone, you know, they were set free, they could go, they could do whatever they wanted, um, or they could choose after that seventh year to stay and to work at a love I have two tattoos on my fingers, and one of them is free, the first thing I ever really heard the Lord say to me. And then the seven is marking that I have been set free from my transgressions, from all the things that I did, um, not through me, but through the blood of Christ, and that I am actually, after the seventh year, going to work out of love for Him. And so that's what I've just tried to do my whole life since then. I mentioned that that JT or TJ that I said um, was from Louisiana and he actually went to LSU where the accident happened. I got asked to speak at women's conference in LSU one year randomly um, my junior year and I, I got to speak for a little 10 minute message. It was like a TED talk kind of thing. 
And then they asked me to speak again at LSU. And I remember I kept thinking how funny slash crazy it was that God was bringing me to LSU, the same place that that accident had happened and the same time that my life had, like a place that really made my life change, even though I had never been there before physically. But the, the things that happened there had changed my life. And so then I got asked after I spoke that senior year um, if I would come back and be their main speaker for the next year. And this is where it gets crazy. The Lord told me to share my testimony there. And I was like, okay, God, what? okay. And so I go, um, and long story short, the very night that that accident happened, that very night that I gave my life to God, even though the path wasn't perfect, that I was going to really follow and obey God that night after I had gone home with that guy and that accident for my friend had happened was three years to the exact date that I got to speak and share my testimony at LSU where that very accident happened. Is that not wild? Is that not God? I mean, that's just God. That is just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I, I just, I still can't believe it. And all of that to say is that God knows exactly what you're going through right now. He knows the very date, the very time. He knows the very thoughts going through your head. And why I say that is because of my favorite verse. I always started clinging to it once I started following the Lord is 1 Corinthians 2, 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God does for those who love him. And those are the kind of things that God wants to do with your life. You know, it might not be very glorifying to you. <laughs> Amen. Truly. I mean, think about it. None of this story is glorifying to me. And me having to get up on a stage in front of all these women at LSU and share this story, it is no way glorifying to me. But in every way, is it glorifying to God? And that is all that matters. And you know, the Lord will do that. First Corinthians 2, 9, what no eye has seen, what no ear can hear, what no mind can imagine for those who love him. And he'll do that in your life. And I just feel like that is just the craziest story of how he did that in my life. And there are so many more, but I just, I say that because even the exact date that I came to really follow the Lord, the Lord knows it in his mind and the Lord, the, the Lord knows it. And the Lord even used that. And it's just crazy all the things that the Lord can use and the Lord can do. And I just, yeah, it blows my mind. But anywho, I share all of that story. And I know you're probably all thinking, how in the heck did you marry Chance, who's an incredible guy and all these different things. And this is wild of how you got here. And I'm like, yes, trust me, I know. And you know, I can't help but hearing my story and just thinking, how in the world did I get here? And maybe you're thinking the same thing. And it is so evident that it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. I wanted to encourage you with that. that the Lord is doing the exact same thing for you. Even hearing this, maybe you feel that. Or maybe you feel it from a friend or a boyfriend or a mom or a sister or a brother. The Lord can use people to chase after you. He can use nature. He can use everything in his possibility. He can use every anything that he wants to chase after. And if there's something I could say to the one who 
is maybe kind of noticing that she's being chased right now by God, but just doesn't feel worthy of being loved by the Lord, of being a daughter, or they have so much shame and so much guilt and so much frustration and so many questions. The best thing and the thing I want to remind you of right now is the Lord's arms of him open armed, ready for you to run into him, ready for you to crash into him, ready for you to fall into him. And his arms are better than anything you could ever run into that you, and his arms are better than anything you could ever run toward of this world. Let me tell you from experience, from trying better than anything you could ever run to this world. And you know, what's so cool that the world can't do what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no mind can imagine. That's what God can do for those who love him, for those who follow him, for those who obey him. And I am so, so overjoyed to be on this journey of you coming together with him, of you being together with him. And I hope that this podcast, that that's all it does, is that it encourages you to obey and to follow and to be together with God. I hope you enjoyed this story. I hope you learned something from this story. I'm sure you might have a bajillion questions from this story. And if you do, I'd love to hear them. Um, I hope this story touches you in some way. And I hope that in no way did it glorify me, but in every way that it glorified him. And I mean, I think after probably hearing that story, it definitely did for a lot of y'all. Um, but that is why I'm so passionate about spreading love, truth, and life because love, truth, and light and life because I almost lost mine. Then I hope this episode, I know that sometimes you can see people on social media, especially people who, you know, have faith, who follow God and um, who really share about it. And you can see people and you be like, wow, they must have just been from Sunday school ever since they grew up. They must be like this perfect, you know, little everything and just really follow the Lord. And um, I'm just kind of here to show you that that is not everybody's stories. And I know that it can be really easy to, you know, think that and think that your own story is too messy for God. And I think that hopefully through hearing my story, you realize that it is never too messy for God. And I feel like this episode just needs to end with a prayer. So I'm going to pray over all of us today before you guys get going with whatever it is. And so if you'll just bow your heads and pray with me if you can, not if you're driving, please. (laughs) Dearly Father, Lord, God, we come before you today just thankful for all that you do, God, in our lives, for you chasing us, God, for you calling us, for you wanting us, for you being the one that loves us so much, God. God, I pray over every single person listening to this, God. I pray that whatever shame and guilt that they have that is keeping them from coming to you, God, that you would just take that away in Jesus' name and that they would know that that does not come from you, that that comes from the enemy to try and get them to stay away from you. And God, I pray that they would just see you with open arms today, God. That, that they would see you as the loving father that you are, the, the transformative, that is the incredible father that you are, Jesus, Lord. God, I pray that whatever stories you have written on our hearts, Lord God, that we would use them to glorify you. 
Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done in my life and for my friends' lives and for the people that are listening to this lives. Thank you that they have breath in their lungs to be able to listen to this right now, Lord. God, I just praise you. I praise you for that. Even when everything else seems confusing and frustrating, God, I praise you for that. And I pray that they would too, Lord. Dearly Father, God, I pray that this podcast would be a place where we truly learn how to become together with you and with your people, Father. God, I praise you, God, for that. And dearly Father, God, I pray. Amen. And don't worry, a podcast will be coming on how Chance and I actually fell in love. And you're probably wondering how the heck um, we got to where we are now and all the different things. And it's a really beautiful God story as well. So we'll be sharing that soon. And if you have any questions about college and just all the drinking, partying, sex, whatever it is that um, I may have mentioned in my testimony and you just want more on it, please, please, please um, DM us. And if you don't want to have your name attached to anything, you can actually just um, fill out the form on our website under, it'll be linked the The website will be linked in our show notes, so you can go ahead and just add anything there. But I am thankful for y'all. I love you guys, and I'm so thankful um, to get to grow closer to the Lord together.